My dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on Him. Every year on the first Sunday of Lent, we hear the same story. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's the same one. Um, Whether from Matthew or Mark or Luke, it's always Jesus right after His baptism and right before His ministry really begins, out in the desert with the tempter for 40 days. Now, Matthew and, and Luke go into a whole lot more detail in this story, trying to flesh out what those specific temptations Jesus may have faced were, but, but not Mark, not in the story that we just heard. Which leads me to believe that Jesus' time in the wilderness, at least in Mark's thinking, um, wasn't necessarily meant to be a tutorial for you on how you too can avoid the temptations of the devil and beat him back, as those stories have oftentimes been used and sometimes abused. So I have to wonder, what's Mark's point with this story? What's it about? Well, my eye has been drawn to two words, 40 days, 40 days. Forty days between Jesus' baptism and the start of His work of sharing the good news that something new is at the doorstep, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Forty days of what we could call kind of in-between time. Of all the details that Mark leaves out of this story, the time span isn't one of them. So it must be important. Forty days... As people of the book, a community immersed in the stories of God and God's people, we can say, hey, I've heard that before, (laughs) 40 days. Where have I heard that before? Well, where to begin? So many good stories. Hmm? You know the story of Noah and his ark, a piece of which we have already heard just this morning in the Bible's ultimate cancel culture story. God gets so fed up with the culture that human beings have created themselves that He decides to cancel the whole dang project, right? Save for Mr. and Mrs. Noah and their three sons and their daughters-in-law, right? And a few critters. The slate of creation virtually wiped clean. And from the first drop of rain to the last, how long? Say it with me. Forty days, right? Forty days. And much later in the story of God's people, we have Moses. You remember him, right? The great liberator, leading the nation of Israel out of about four centuries in bondage, now into freedom. But these people, they have no living memory of what it means to live freely with one another or with God. So Moses climbs Mount Sinai to receive God's instruction for his people, God's Torah, commandment. People are left on their own at the foot of that mountain, stuck between bondage and what true freedom is. For how long? Say it with me. Forty days. Forty days. A bit later in the story, after a generation of wandering around the desert homeless, 
The people of Israel now stand on what is the edge of what they understand to be the promised land, a home destined to be theirs. And Joshua, one of their leaders, is sent out to scope out the land and leaves the people in limbo between their wandering and their homecoming. For how long is Joshua gone? Say it with me. Forty days. Forty days. And years later, in the process of taking and then defending their new home, it's all threatened by the armies of Philistia, who would just as soon crush Israel's future along with their new king, Saul. Things are looking tenuous for Israel as the Philistine army led by their champion Goliath taunts Saul's army with imminent destruction. If they can't come up with a champion of their own to defeat Goliath in a one-on-one battle. You remember this story? And so Goliath taunts the armies of Israel. For how long? Say it with me. Forty days until little David shows up with his little slingshot and his five smooth stones, right? Forty days. Years later, when Israel's leadership has taken a decided turn for the, for the worst and their whole future is jeopardized by the milquetoast leadership of King Ahaz and his Baal-worshipping wife, Queen Jezebel, the prophet Elijah has tried to call out their criminal behavior and is now a hunted man for doing that. He runs out into the desert, despondent, tempted to simply give up, wishing himself dead. And it's there that God feeds Elijah with a vision and tells him to get up and get moving. And he does. For how long? Forty days. Until he gets to Mount Horeb where God meets him with a new vision for, God, for Israel's future. Forty days. You see a theme developing here maybe? It strikes me that in every single one of these stories, The main characters are living in what can be called a between time, a liminal time. The word liminal comes from the Latin word limens, which literally means limit or threshold. Author and theologian Richard Rohr defines liminal time this way. He says, liminal time is when you have left or are about to leave the tried and true but have not yet been able to replace it with anything else. That's liminal time. It's Noah and his family waiting for the rain to stop, wondering if they'll ever see dry land again. That's liminal time. It's newly freed Israel waiting at the foot of Mount Sinai, wondering how they're going to live with each other. It's the time between Egypt and the promised land. It's It's an army waiting for the hammer stroke to fall, wondering how the battle will go. It's a prophet calling out the disease of faithless leadership and paying the price for it, wondering if truth is literally a dead end. Forty days. Of course. It's a quarantine. A quarantine. Stay with me now. Don't lose me. This is important, okay? Johanna Mayer, who writes for Science Friday on National Public Radio, has helped me understand this whole 40-day business in a new light. You see, in the, she writes that in the 14th century, the bubonic plague, which is more commonly known as the Black Death, was sweeping throughout Europe. And starting in 1343, the disease wiped out an estimated one-third 
of the population of Europe in just a three-year span from about 1347 to 1350. The sweep of the plague resulted in one of the biggest die-offs in human history, and it was an impetus, of course, for leaders in Europe to take action. And officials of the uh, Venetian-controlled port city of Ragusa, which is now known as Dubrovnik, Croatia, passed a law establishing what they called Trentino, Trentino, a 30-day period of isolation for ships that had been arriving to the port from plague-infested areas, right? No one from Ragusa was allowed to visit those ships under Trentino, and if they did, then they too would be isolated for the mandatory 30 days. And that law caught on. And over the next 80 years, European cities like Marseille, Pisa, various other cities in Europe adopted similar measures. And within a century, cities had extended that period of isolation from Trentino, 30 days, to Quarantino, 40 days. Now, why they moved it from 30 to 40 isn't exactly known for sure. But there's a lot of cultural meaning packed into that number 40, right? As we have just rehearsed, plenty of biblical events draw on that number. Others have suggested that maybe it's simply they thought that maybe 30 days wasn't quite enough to, to, to wipe out that disease, so maybe they should go to 40. Be that as it may, one thing becomes clear. Quarantino, 40 days, as it appears in the biblical stories, and even as it functions with regard to infectious disease, is liminal time. It's liminal time. Something old is leaving, and something new has yet to spring forth. For Jesus, in the wilderness, after his baptism, it's the leaving behind of simply being Mary and Joseph's boy and taking on fully his identity as beloved Son of God. The 40 days is between time, liminal time, and the question hangs in the air. Will he fully grasp his new, that identity of his? Or will he abandon it? Will he sell out to temptation to take an easier road? Something new is happening now in the story of God's people. The prophetic visions of Isaiah, centuries-old hopes, for the appearance of God's Messiah, His anointed, are finally being fulfilled. It's even hinted at in Mark, in His telling us that Jesus was with the wild beasts. Did you catch that little phrase in the story? And He was with the wild beasts? Bringing to mind Isaiah 11. You'll remember these words. You've probably heard them before. When the shoot comes forth from the stump of Jesse. In other words, when King David's heir to lordship appears. Then Isaiah says, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. All of that is wrapped up in one little phrase. He was with the wild beast. He's now coming through this liminal time intact, fully intact. But how? How could he do it? Well, the very next phrase tells us, and the angels waited on him. The divine ministered to him. In other words, simply put, 
God was with him. God was with him. As alone as Jesus must have felt, God's hand was on him, and it never left him. Just as God's hand was on Noah and his family, just as God was with Moses and Joshua and David and Elijah. See, while others were convinced that God had taken his hand of protection away and destruction was imminent, God was always in the 40 days, in the middle of the quarantino. I wonder if I really need to try to convince anybody here that we're living in liminal time. Low-hanging fruit of an example, of course, is with regard to this pandemic we're marching through still. So many of the old ways of being are gone, and we're trying now to imagine and figure out what living together is going to look like once we're on the other side of it. But it's more than that. Oh, it's a lot more than that. For the on or underemployed person wondering about their financial future, for the ones grieving the recent death of someone they've loved, for the young person thinking about graduation into an uncertain economy, maybe not even having a sense yet of what their true calling might be, for the person who's on the threshold of retirement, wondering what that next season of life might hold for them, for the expectant parent, wondering how one more in the household might challenge them, for any of us, casting our vision forward and wondering at what we cannot yet see, this is liminal time. The season of Lent upon which we have now embarked is 40 days long. That's on purpose, you know. The season itself is meant to be a reflection of liminal time, threshold time, a quarantine, if you will. It's meant to mirror the wondering of so much of our living, to reflect on what has been and is now gone, and to wonder about where God is taking us next. You see, what will be new? Through it all, God's hand is on us. It's on you. I would have you know that today. I would have you trust in it. Same as it was on Jesus during his wilderness sojourn, because you carry that name too. Beloved of God. Never abandoned. Never ever alone. No matter how desolate things might seem in the liminal time. After Jesus' quarantino in the wilderness, he came out the other side telling us that the kingdom of God is at hand. Trust in the good news that the one who has made you is here, he said, in the midst of every liminal moment, promising you a future. We should trust him. Amen.